And we're live. Holy crap, we're finally back. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, uh, for anyone who will listen to this, we apologize for the lack of content in the past. Has it been two months? I don't know. I feel like it's been almost that long, but we can we can give one excuse from that to the holidays and the busyness that surrounds all of that. And moving. Yeah, you uh, you moved. I did. That uh, probably helped with uh, the topic of conversation today. <laughs> Fear of Par- moving. Partially. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Natalie gave it away. Uh, today we're talking about uh, fears and uh, I guess the way to overcome your fears but first we're going to break them down as to why you have that fear. And then from that assess based off of the why we assess the how, so the how to break the barrier and work past that fear. Mm-hmm. So Natalie and I have both made a top 10 list. Um, for those of you familiar, we did a top 10 list in our last podcast a while back and we're going to continue with that, but this one's not so much just a top 10 of, you know, something funny or light. Like, this is a little more in-depth, so it's not going to be quite the same. Um, so bear with us with that, but uh, I guess with that, we can jump into it. Yeah. So I think Natalie kind of came up with this idea before I did. She kind of threw the idea out there. And the first thing I need to know, because we haven't overly talked about it, but how did that co- idea come up, Natalie? Um, I think today I just felt very fearful of a lot of things. And that's why it was really easy for me to come up with the idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that, that can definitely trigger something. Um, I, I feel like I've kind of been in that kind of mindset too recently Mm -hmm. um and part of that i think comes into um i think what we both do as in with with creating content in different forms as well that there's a lot of fear involved with that so some of what we talk about in this episode will be linked to that and some just in general uh so did we want to do from 10 to 1, or did we want to do 1 to 10 on this one? 10 to 1. 10 to 1? Okay. Um, I think I started it last time, so why don't you go ahead and start with your number 10? You can actually remember who went first last time? I, I don't know for sure, but go ahead and start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my number 10 is polar bears. <laughs> really? Okay, I know everyone thinks they're, like, super cute and fluffy and all, but, like, does anybody actually know how scary those animals really are? I mean, for, for people who, who have been either raised or spent a lot of time in natural environments, um, I think those of us who have know how scary they can be. I think it's more of something that the city people wouldn't uh, 
wouldn't quite understand. Those fuckers will hunt you down just because. Yep. I mean, we I, are, I have, we are I haven't in the list of their but... food. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I haven't had an encounter with a polar bear um, yet, knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're fairly vicious creatures, even though they may not look like it. I mean, I've been told that there are like, um, I don't know, some kind of place you can go to and they'll take you out to actually see polar bears, but at a safe distance. At a safe distance. But um, I'll tell you right now, if I were to do that, and I probably would just because I'm a face the fear kind of a person. I mean, I've seen like 30 bull sharks before, so try me. But um, <laughs> I would probably do it, you know, one of those fancy groups or whatever, just to get this experience. But I can tell you right now, I would be scared shitless to do it anyway. Yeah. Those bears are not bears to fuck with, period. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. So anyway, uh, the way I deal with it is I don't go near them. I mean, that's one way. I mean, in Alaska, <laughs> that might be a little bit harder to do. Well, um, no, not really, because they're not where I live. That's true. You're more in town more. now. I'd have to go way north. Yeah, you're you're more in town now too than you than you were before. Mm-hmm. To an extent, okay. anyway. Your turn. What's your number ten? Um, this one's not so fluffy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, my number 10 is the unknown obstacles that could be ahead of me. Oh, that's a good one. So I have a big fear of the unknown overall. Um, and th- that's with that, that's been the case my whole life, but I really only realized it in the past couple of years. Um, or not really the past couple of years. I, I could say now actually the last five years because I remember. When I graduated high school in 2014, 2014, I graduated high school. And um, with my family, it was something where when you finished high school, you went right to college. Um, there was no like gap years. You, you weren't really allowed to have a gap year, mm-hmm. um, which I hated, to be honest, because I graduated high school and part of me felt like that was an accomplishment because I struggled a lot in high school with whether it was academics, um, social life. Cause, cause up until about grade nine, I was an athlete. Like I was a student athlete. So like academics weren't a big concern for me. I, I was still focused on athletics. And when that kind of no longer became a possibility, I didn't really know what to do with it. So when I graduated high school, and not only did I graduate high school, I graduated on the honor roll, which still shocks me to this day. Um, But when I graduated and I had to go to college, I had no clue what to expect. And there was a big part of me that was going, I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't, like, I moved to an area for eight months the first year I went, um, I didn't know anything about the area. I didn't know anyone in the area. I knew one person that I was going to school with because we had gone to high school with. I We had gone to high school together. Other than that, I knew nobody. And I was terrified because 
like it it was just something i had no clue about it was the unknown and i had when you don't have any clue about something how are you supposed to prepare for it that is right? my thought exactly well th that's just what it is <laughs> i mean if you if you don't know what you're getting into you can't exactly prepare for it I think I actually was going to put the unknown down as one of mine, but um, it's it's not really like a fear I have. It's more of it just gives me anxiety. Yeah, I'm, I, I have that, too. So I, uh, I didn't put it down because it didn't actually make me feel uh, sorry, feel fearful. Fair but enough. That's a really good one. So. With that. With like the knowledge, I guess that I can't even say the knowledge we have of that because it's the unknown, but knowing how like we react to that type of fear, I find the way that I have started to try and not, not really get over it, but kind of try and fight that and try and combat it um, is honestly research. I literally research everything now and I mean, the more information, the better. Cause you, you I mean, everything's on the internet, literally everything. Well, I can um, tell you right now, but, probably 95% of anyone that listens to this would be able to relate with you. On that yeah. One. Yeah, that probably. Good. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a very big one for a lot of people. And I think that could potentially be the root of part of my anxiety and probably part of yours as well. Yeah. It comes from the unknown ahead. Yep. I feel like for you, a big one there would have been uh, when you moved to Alaska from Arizona. <laughs> that was like the biggest unknown on the planet. Well, like that's a giant move. I mean, you're going from somewhere that for 95% of the year is warm to somewhere that for 95% of the year is cold <laughs> and is kind of, separated from the rest of america and some people don't even realize it's part of america well i'm separated from a lot of people in general that too there's not <laughs> a lot of people up in alaska no and only having a boat and a plane to get in and out of and if i drive i have to go to canada sometimes hey, there's nothing bad about stuck. going to canada there's there's nothing bad about that no but we're talking about a five-hour drive to like the closest town yeah that's that's very true the further you go north whether it's in alaska or in canada because i'm from northern canada as well it's true the further you go north the less there is and the longer the drive is between places yep especially in wintertime oh man when we took that road trip up there last week you should have seen me in the vehicle. I was like holding on to the oh shit handles almost the whole time. Well, yeah. there's there's thousands of animals that cross that road and it's dark yep. for the majority of the 
of the day as well. And right. the roads are like covered in snow and ice and it's just dangerous and it freaks me out. You have this small window of light and that's the best yeah, time to that's... go. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, you know, you're driving in 30 or negative 38 Fahrenheit um, yeah. weather and you know, things on the truck start to freeze up and starts winding and you're like, oh shit. And there's ice on the roads. <laughs> and then there's ice on the roads too, which doesn't make it any easier. No, and then you have to drive even slower, which, you know, makes your car ride, you know, go from five Longer. to seven hours. Yeah. Terrible. That unknown, I get it. <laughs> I never yeah. know what's going to happen. <laughs> it is. It's true. You'll never know what's ahead of you. And that is a horrible feeling. We might need more than an hour for this episode. We're like 13 minutes in and we've only gone through our first one. Yep. <laughs> it's possible, but we'll try and keep it within the hour. Uh, should we Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's go to nine. Okay. Um... This is my last animal, I promise. Uh, <laughs> okay. Timberwolves. <laughs> I didn't fear them before. And then when I moved up to Alaska, I learned to fear the shit out of them. I okay. Mean, I'll never forget the day that I was driving to work and it was like, kind of a twilight-ish thing going on outside and you can uh, just barely make out animals versus trees and you know yep and so there there's this little um, portion on the road you kind of go around a bend and uh, when you look to the right you can see part of the river and there's like a rocky beach there usually that you can see and uh, that's kind of like the place in the summertime where uh, the brown bears hang out and they eat their their fish there and whatnot. And in the wintertime, that's usually where moose stand and try to drink water and just kind of hang out there. Right. So one morning I'm driving around and around that bed and I slow down because I see some moose tracks and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I can catch a moose over here on camera or something. Yeah. I get to the bend, I look out, and I kind of stop because um, no one was behind me, and I thought that there was a moose standing there. And then it turned its head, and I could see its pointy ears. And I'm like, huh? I mean, they've got ears, right? But yeah. then it flicked its tail. <laughs> and then it moved. I was like, that's no fucking moose. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's a fucking wolf. <laughs> yep. And usually, I mean, I've seen plenty of wolves up here. Plenty. And they're huge. Right. And they scare the shit out of me, even at a distance, right? Yeah. But usually when I see them, they like run away fast enough that you can't pull your camera out to take a picture, right? Yeah, been there. And here I am, phone in hand, and I cannot get myself to take a picture of this goddamn moose, or what I thought was a moose, of this wolf. 
because it's just staring at me and it's not going anywhere and like I was just terrified because it wasn't doing what they normally do yeah and it just kind of like I mean it wasn't completely standing still it was just like kind of lifting up a paw and putting it back down and kind of swaying a little bit like I don't know if it was deciding on what to do or what was going on but that was the most terrifying moment of my life and I never want to do that I never want to experience that again wolves terrify me I know that they're majestic and trust me like they're intriguing as all get out I believe like I they intrigue me like no other yeah but I am completely fearful of them because I feel like they're the smartest animal out there hunting packs like come on yeah yeah I mean and for people who don't know and for people who don't know because there are people who believe this because they haven't seen them but for people who think you know wolves are just the size of a dog no 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 wolves are massive Mm-hmm. They, if they ever are... seen Alaskan moose, for me to mistake an Alaskan moose for a wolf is saying something. Yeah, that the wolves are massive. Yes, they are part of the canine family. But if you think of an untrained Rottweiler dog, and this is a, a still a very like non-comparable comparison, an untrained vicious Rottweiler most people are terrified of now quadruple the size of that animal and quadruple the viciousness of that animal and, and you have a wolf and, yeah, and, and you have a wolf <laughs> you have a that, killing machine that, that's the other thing that terrifies me they don't kill for food all the time they kill for sport yep and I mean, I, I appreciate like wolf sanctuaries and whatnot, but I just, I don't believe that, I mean, hate me all you want, but I don't believe we should be um, worshiping them the way that we do, or a lot of people. Right. They are terrifying and they wipe out so many animals. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Like they do damage. Oh, they do. And there's going to be people who respond to this. They're saying, oh, well, how, how do photographers get those close-up photos of wolves? I'll, I'll tell you the secret to that. The lens on the camera they are using is about 2,000 millimeters in zoom length. And they are quite a distance away. Mm-hmm. They are at a safe distance using a massive lens to get that close. They are nowhere to be seen by that wolf. Mm-hmm. I know photographers who do nature photography and have captured photos of wolves and the accounts I've heard of, I was hiding in a bush about like four or five miles away. That's the reality of it. Yep. And up here, um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard like the phrase of um, if you go in the woods alone, you shouldn't expect to come out because it's true. Yep. Anybody that goes in the woods, I mean, there's there's at least an 80 to 90% chance that, you know, they didn't just die from, you know, tripping over a ledge. Like, Yeah, no, an animal got to them. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's never really recorded. Why? Because their bodies are never found. Yeah. And here's the other thing is, I mean, I know that bears 
have attacked people before. Yep. But they are not on the same league as wolves are. They just nope. aren't. Nope. And I, out of all of the <laughs> scary animals out here, brown bears scare me the least. But for some reason, they scare people the most that aren't from here and don't understand. Yeah, because the thing is with bears, realize bears have a, they will fright by certain things. There are ways that, you know, they get frightened and will run off um, and you're kind of out of danger. Wolves are not the same way. Well, for the most part, I mean, there's, there's the occasional bears. Like we had a recent bout of several bears in town that just weren't being affected by gunshots and yelling and banging and whatever. But it's because um i learned that there just wasn't very many berries this year right so their food source came to town um town garbage so uh that's partly why and they kind of they got they got pretty desperate is how it seemed yeah and that's part of part of the fault for that is the human race yeah especially when they don't know how to dispose of garbage properly that that too well, I don't know if I told you the story, and I'll I'll go really quickly through this because I don't want to take up too much time. I used to have a neighbor when my family owned a cottage a while back, and we would be up there most summers. Uh, my neighbor had a bowl of fruit out on her counter, and she had a screen door for her the back of her cottage. Um, she had like a, an actual full door as well, but she had left the full door open and just had the screen door closed and locked. Mm-hmm. She found herself inside her cottage and a bear at the door, like a full size bear up on its hind legs at the door. And she's terrified, not realizing the reason the bear is there is not for her. It is because she put fruit on her counter that was by the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like mistake number one, um, I think actually leaving your, your door open so the smell gets out. Uh, number two, when you're in an area that's literally surrounded by wildlife, don't leave any reason, like food or otherwise, don't leave any reason for them to come near you or near your property. Yeah, yeah. you can like, get in so much trouble up here if you purposely leave food outside. Well, yeah, and not by the law necessarily, but by wildlife. Mm-hmm. Even moose. I mean, I'm not terrified of them, but I'm also not stupid enough to, like, get out of my car and take pictures of them as close as I can. I just, I can't do yeah. that. You don't you don't want to do that. Not unless I want to get stomped to death. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> and getting anyway. close to fear anyway, but, yeah, getting stomped to death, that's a big one. So what's your number nine? Um, again, not an animal. My, this one's still kind on the heavier side. Um, but for me, it's trusting a new or potential partner slash spouse. That is kind of scary, isn't it? I mean, you're putting all your trust and faith into one person and hoping that they'll be loyal and loving towards you. Well, that, but, um, like the thing for me, cause this can also kind of tie into, my new kind of career path slash life as a creator, it's vulnerability. Because 
it, it is because you want to be honest with the person, you know, 24 seven, you want to be honest with your followers 24 seven, but there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency because you can be transparent, be open with people, but the minute you get a little bit too personal or a little bit too honest, it kind of crosses that line into being vulnerable and you don't know what the response is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Someone can either really respect you for it and, you know, like see that you you trust them enough to, to tell them that, or they can really ruin your life with it. Yeah. I think if you can be vulnerable with somebody and, you know, they can respond in a way that is positive towards it. Um, you're in really good shape. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly hard to find. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be vulnerable. That too. That, that, I mean, that was kind of one of my fears that kind of ties into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, that's been a big one for me. I have made mistakes with relationships and stuff in the past. I'm very open about that fact because I'm probably not the only one mm-hmm. but that that even now like people listening who follow my channel know I'm in a relationship now um, that's still a fear for me like I feel like I've found someone who doesn't take advantage of that and respects my honesty and how open I am about things with them but it's it still a fear. Time. Yeah. Being vulnerable doesn't happen overnight. Nope. That's for sure. So how do, how do we overcome that one? That one is... I wish that one's a I continual honestly... improvement thing. Yes, that is because a... Because I don't think you can, like, fully conquer it and, like, just stay there. Like, there's no... There's really no, how do I put it, like destination? No, that one is a continuous growth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of giving a bit of a, a hint into one of my upcoming fears. Ooh. But I won't go there. <laughs> won't go there just yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one, there's no set answer on how do you overcome that because that you are continuously overcoming your entire life. Mm-hmm. At least I I think that's the case. I can I can un- relate to that. Yeah. Number eight. Okay, mine's a little weird. <laughs> um, and I hope that it's easily understandable. Uh, dying while in fear. So, like, for example, um, if you know you're going to drown or you are drowning and you know you're going to die, I mean, you're scared, right? I think if it's inevitable, yes. I'm just saying, like, while you're dying, but you're scared of whatever it is that's killing you, like, dying while in fear. I have a fear of of that i would rather die a more peaceful way and not while in fear like that's yeah um, that's actually, all i really have to say about it 
actually that brought to mind a good joke that's been all over Facebook and other social media. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was, I, I laughed at it. Maybe I've got a dark sense of humor, um, but it was, I'd like to die peacefully like my grand, like my grandpa in his sleep, not like the passengers in his car screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that that's a very extreme example, but kind of the same same principle yep you ra- you rather die like in in a way that you don't realize you're dying i guess or you don't yeah. realize you're gonna die or you don't have to really think about it and you're not yeah. scared yeah that would be the 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 way to go i think i know i can't choose it but i fear it yeah i i do too I, I I guess I didn't put that one in my list, but yeah, I I guess that would be a good fear, well, not a good fear, but it's it's a reasonable fear to have. All right, what's your number eight? <laughs> Just as you got heavier, I've got a lighter one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for my people again who watch my uh, my YouTube videos and yourself as well, you're gonna laugh at this one. But running out of coffee. <laughs> for is a few reasons fear? yes it is <laughs> that is an actual fear because okay. well reason number one uh that's kind of part of my content and uh <laughs> that would be harmful to a lot of things in that in that area but also i can't live without coffee i literally cannot survive without coffee in the past two hours i have had two cups of coffee in the past week, I've probably had about 10 cups of coffee. And that's not a seven-day week. That is a five-day work week. Do you get a headache if you don't drink coffee? Oh, huge. Absolutely huge. That sucks. Like, it's it's not to the point where I cannot function. But when I have that type of headache, I know that it is from a lack of coffee. And that as soon as I have a coffee, it will go away. It's the weirdest, strangest thing, (laughs) but it's very true. Like, it's something I absolutely cannot live without. And people who know me very well know that. Well, I guess as long as I'm around, you won't run out of coffee. I still have, like, six more to send you. (laughs) Oh, just really? (laughs) I'm not even through the ones you sent me last time. I know that's why I'm not bothering like making a rush on sending them. I I need to get to those um, with videos and stuff, but right now I've got a lot of other content on the go. Spoiler alert: new video coming out tomorrow, Woo-hoo. or in the next couple of days at least. But yeah, uh, I've got a lot of uh, stuff on the go. Coffee videos are definitely in there; they're just not high up right now. And actually, um. I got a message the other day from the other half, your other half, <laughs> asking me when I'm going to get to that espresso maker. Oh, yeah. And I had to reassure him, it's coming. Just not a high up on the list right now. We're dying to see it. Yeah. That uh, he wanted to know... Um, if he should buy the exact same one for himself. Like he has a smaller one. Right. 
but he wanted to get a larger one and he didn't know if that would be like the best fit. So he wanted to see your thoughts. Well, on I'll, it. I'll, I'll definitely do a review on it in one way or another. How to approach it right now, I don't know, but it, it'll be up in. I'm going to give the timeline of the next couple of weeks. It'll be up. Okay. With that's that a, one. That's for, not bad. For now. For now. Because I know I've got a lot of. Uh, I might be able to kill two in one, do one of these coffees that I actually have next to me right now, and use the espresso maker for it. So. Okay. That might be the easier way to go about it. Um, number seven. Or did we not break down how to get over <laughs> running out of coffee? There is no <laughs> there is no cure for that. No. There really isn't. So number seven it is. <laughs> um so this one might be a little difficult to understand and it might sound crazy, but I fear that I don't actually know who I really am and like who I wanna be and Sometimes I fear that I'm actually lost in life. It's confusing and it's a no, little confusing, it's, but no, it's, it's not confusing, trust me, because it will tie into um it actually ties into a lot of my upcoming fears. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that one. I've been there several times in recent years too, in the past couple of years even. I think that is something else that you kind of continuously grow with. It's something that you continuously work towards. Um, because now that sense of personal identity, uh, like back back in older times, I feel like it was, you know, very black and white. Because, you know the way society is now it's not like you are one thing or you're one other thing there's there's so much gray area and i don't understand why but i feel like that ties into a lot of it mm -hmm. um because now there's just this wide range of of how you identify yeah well and <laughs> sometimes you or i feel like i don't know where i'm going yeah, I, I'm there too. I'm definitely there. But again, like the answer to that, there is no consistent or like black and white answer that's just continuous growth and um, part of your personal development. Yeah, I, I haven't found a way to like just overcome it and not be so fearful of it, but uh, I'll get there. <laughs> it takes time. It's like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. It's well, the whole cliche uh, saying of, and it's not really cliche, just people to make it out to be believe in yourself. I mean, I actually, spoiler alert, I want, I'm in the middle of writing a, a blog post about uh, believing in yourself. Nice. Because I believe that the way you speak to yourself and about yourself is going to reflect on how you feel about yourself internally yeah, and absolutely. externally. Absolutely. So if you tell yourself, I can't do this, well, then guess what? 
you're not going to do it. Time, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And it's hard to overcome that. It's, that's a huge mental battle. And, you know, I've, I've made that statement to people before and believe it or not, they were offended by it. Which statement? Of if you tell yourself you can't do something, you're more than likely not going to do it. It's because it's a hard thing to like, I guess, understand, you know, people want, how do I put this? Like, uh, okay. I call it, I call it the bandaid effect. You know, like if you're having a bad day and you know that there's a certain activity or a certain thing that you can do, um, that's not necessarily like good for your health in a way, but it makes you feel good in the moment. I call that a bandaid. You know, yeah. people, it's, they kind of have this tendency to want to have the band-aids because it's more visibly, um, it's just more visible to them, I guess. Like they can see um, the repairness of it for that moment. It's it's almost like a, I don't want to say instant gratification, but it's like. Yes, instant. Well, just about. Sometimes it is instant gratification. Sometimes it's <sighs> gratification for about a week. And then, you know, it goes back to normal. It's kind of like going on a bad diet. What happens yeah, when you I was, get off that diet? Well, you gain, you usually gain all that weight back. Yeah, I was going to say the other, the other way I'd put it is an instant or temporary solution. Exactly. Like, that's really what it is. Like, you can, you can, it's, it's kind of like the whole New Year's resolution thing. And I hate, I hate the whole premise of that. Because when a new year starts, and it recently has, People have all these like new year, new me bullshit that they come out with. You know, it's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this this year. I didn't do it last year, but I'm going to do it this year. It's like, it's like, okay, well, if you didn't do it last year, why in the hell should I believe you're going to do it this year? And people go, well, you speak it into existence. It's like, well, no, you acted into an existence. The only way things happen is if you actually do them. I think speaking like, can, can come in handy, like when you have to um, pump talk yourself, yourself into up. something. Yeah, pump, yeah. Like pump yourself up into doing those things, but the rest of it has to come into the action. You can't keep using words; it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there has to be action along with those words, tied into those words. I mean, you can't say I'm going to walk to work every day, <clears throat> and then expect yourself to walk without actually making yourself walk. <laughs> Yeah. You have to actually do it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like that, I've dealt with that before too. I've been on both sides of it. All right. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, my number seven. Yeah. And that one is heights. Oh. It's, it seems simple, but, and I'm going to use an example it's that I've simple. had. I mean, it seems like it is, but it's not. Um, and I can really go, you know, from having that fear to very, very drastically overcoming it. And it's it's one of those things of facing your fears. Um, because I remember I had this, like, I was terrified of heights for so long, like for such a long time, like, couldn't go on roller coasters, couldn't go up high ladders, couldn't 
like there are just so many things preventing me from like even jungle gyms like stupid things you know like i i couldn't do those things because i had this fear of heights and then when i was in college one thing i had to do as part of my program was working at heights training when that first came up i was scared shitless absolutely scared shitless like could not picture myself even getting through it and this was like two days out of my whole two-year program like two days i couldn't get through two fucking days because i had a fear of heights i thought i wasn't going to get through it when in reality it was all in my head really because when you when you go through and break down and it was part of the working at heights training that we did you go through and break down what are the risks involved how do you prevent those things from happening like how, how do you put yourself in that situation and feel more comfortable from those risks or from from the the possibilities of you know what can happen mm-hmm. and what i did quite literally i had to do um i had to put up lights for a production we did in our program and like heavy lights too not little ones um and our studio that we were in was 40 feet in the air where the light grid was and you had a harness and you had a very questionable ladder (laughs) um yeah that sucks and so we had this actual professional sound and lighting crew come in to help us with it and these guys were incredible because these guys would go up this very questionable ladder like climb onto these light grids no harness just because their mentality was get shit done so like get it done doesn't matter how you do it they weren't concerned about how they did things. They were worried about getting their work done because they wanted to leave. You know, they, they wanted to work their eight hours and get the hell out. And I understood that. So you start working quicker. And when you realize things have to get done, you just kind of do them. Mm-hmm. So when I had to go up and hang lights 40 feet in the air, there was one time, I don't even know how I did this. I still don't know how I did it. I went up on this very questionable ladder, no harness put myself put one leg over this lighting grid um to like kind of stabilize myself heavy light in hand heavy light that could have like very easily made me fall off this ladder (laughs) didn't but like i was able to put this light on and i remember one of my professors came into the studio saw me up on this like lighting grid literally not even on the ladder at this point like just (laughs) on top of this lighting grid putting this light on and he said one thing and it was because of the insurance liability with the school but he said one thing he said get the fuck down (laughs) and i was like oh yeah i should have probably put a harness on at least you think and yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was that was a lapse in judgment for me but after like two weeks of setting up for this massive production um, I wouldn't say I overcame my fear of heights because it's still there, but 
it definitely was a step in the right direction in progressing on it. And then the following summer, I went to Canada's Wonderland, which is a huge amusement park. And we had this roller coaster called the Behemoth, and it goes like 120 feet in the air. And I convinced myself to go on it, not once, but twice in the same day, back to back. Because I realized I was like, the thing that's been stopping me all this time is me. Like it was my own stupidity and my own, you know, thoughts that were stopping me from doing so many things. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And even then, like, the only fear of roller coasters I have now are the ones that actually go upside down. <laughs> so when you come to visit, I guess that you may or may not want to go on the zip line. Oh, I definitely do it. Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, realistically, in my head, my head's going, I probably shouldn't do that. I'll probably fall and kill myself. But you're going to do it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's just Well, it's that. But the other thing, too, is I'm probably going to bring my camera stuff. And with that, it's, ooh, footage. <laughs> you know what would be really Exciting fun? content is to take you on for a test drive and uh, we should take you to Angel's Landing in Zion. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you have to Google it. Um, it's a hike. Okay. And um, there's parts of it where like you have to hold on to a chain and kind of uh, pull yourself up part of the mountain. <laughs> So kind of like when you had to um, climb the rope in gym class? Uh, well, it's a little different. Um, yeah, but principle behind but it. I can see that you would get freaked out. <laughs> I'd still do it anyway. I think it'd be really fun. I think you might enjoy it. And when you get to the top, I think you out of anybody is going to feel the most accomplished. It's very possible, yeah, because that's something that I'd be overcoming that fear of heights. Absolutely. Another step in that direction. Yeah. But here's here's the weird part with my fear of heights. It's it's very weird. So like very high ladders, um, like edges of cliffs, upside down roller coasters, stuff like that, terrified. Going on a plane doesn't bother me whatsoever mm -hmm. like at all i can understand that i love to fly really yeah i don't mind it but it just kind of makes me sick to my stomach half the time so that's the only reason i don't like it the the only time that i start to get a little like edgy when it comes to flying is when there's like a lot of turbulence to the point where you're consistently like dropping 500 feet and then going up again and then it's it's like when the pilot is not confident enough in his own abilities to fly the fucking plane you should have been on the plane when we landed in vegas that landing was like the worst landing i'd ever experienced in my entire life there was so much wind like crosswind i believe it i mean 
uh, I was looking over at my oldest stepdaughter and her hands were like clenched on the, um, on the seat to try and like get as still as she could. And she was trying to film and it was just like whipping her around. Yeah. And I had to hold on too. And I'm like, ugh, this is <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was well, terrible. A, a funny situation we had too. Uh, when I was working for the TV station in 2018 in my hometown, uh, every year we do this celebration of Armed Forces Day mm-hmm. because where I'm from is originally a military town for the most part. Like we have Air Force and uh, Army Reserves there um, and also the NORAD base. For those of you who are familiar with military stuff, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Um. And we had Armed Forces Day. And part of our thing with the TV station is we had to do a segment to put on the news and stuff like that. And uh, I remember my boss walking into the office one day and he goes, so who wants to jump out of a plane with the Air Force? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, not a chance. I would raise my hand like without even thinking about it <laughs> See, and my, my co-worker who i still talk to i think he's actually one of our listeners but he his hand shot up and he was like i'm doing it no, no one's stopping me this is this is definitely happening well guess what i'm with him <laughs> yeah and you know what here's here's where i realized that like part of like my mentality with heights and part of what was stopping me was really stupid here's here's where i realized this so he did it with the Air Force, and there was a lot of cool footage because when he did it, he had to go up in the plane, and someone, I think from the Air Force, one of their imagery techs or something, was filming it for us. Um, and then he strapped a GoPro on as well. And I'm down at the bottom, like where they're supposed to land. And when I saw the footage after, so he went out like third, I think, and two air force guys went out before him and the the two air force guys went on their own he had to go strapped to someone obviously because mm-hmm. couldn't allow anyone who's not air force to go by themselves but these two air force guys that went ahead of him they ran and jumped full force out of the plane like without mm-hmm. hesitation and i was like that seemed rather easy <laughs> like it seemed like they just did it, you know, like without thinking about it. And I mean, yes, they're trained, like part of their basic training. It was probably, you know, they had to do that several times. But maybe it's that consistency and that repetition of like just doing it. That you just kind of like, fuck it, like there's no fear left with it. Like there's no fear left to be related to it and it's just you know get over it yeah i can understand that i mean like guy diving is definitely on my bucket list but there's things like um bungee jumping that i don't really have a full interest in it's not because it's scary it's because cord snap well no i feel like i would actually physically be sick by bungeeing up and down that's the only yeah. reason that's like making me not want to do it. Yeah, I could see that. See, years ago I could not see myself skydiving. Now I actually want to do it. Right on. 
but there's there's two mentalities mixed with that one overcoming my fear of heights and two the fact that if for some reason my parachute doesn't open i've accepted the fact that my death will be a splat <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm perfectly okay with that <laughs> instantaneous yeah Anyway, I'm... maybe we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we have we're gonna be over an hour with this for sure. Oh my gosh. Splat. <laughs> um <laughs> it's true realistically, but uh number six. What's your number six? Um my fear is that I I don't know, maybe I'm going to say it wrong, but that I don't really know what I'm doing with blogging and photography. I'm okay, so... I'm a massive beginner with all of this, and I just have a fear that I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm doing it all wrong, and I know that I can get the tools. Yeah. Um, it's the, just the... out of my comfort zone. Yeah, that, that's a lot of relating back to fear of the unknown, but also... I think it's lack of lack of knowledge with um I guess the the what's the right word? Lack of knowledge with like the tools and the strategies involved with being a blogger and an influencer. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely there too with YouTube. Like I still have that even though like I've posted Actually, I've posted over 60 videos now, but um, there's still that fear. And I think, um, maybe not directly, but there, there's one thing I've heard from a lot of creators with their videos um, that I think it will apply in in a way with, with your blogs as well. But they've said repeatedly, and it's not just one creator, it's multiple creators have said this, um, that your worst videos will be your first videos. Like, the, the first ones you put out will be your worst. Um, and I fully embrace that mentality. I really do. Because, yeah, like, when you, when you start and you're new to something, like, you're going to be bad at it. <laughs> it sounds harsh, but when you first start something, you are going to be bad at it. But the only way you get better is to keep doing it. And to keep like innovating and to keep improving and to keep learning. Like one thing I do with videos is like, yeah, I'll, I'll post, I'm trying to post a little more consistently now, but I constantly watch other creators and stuff who post. And I, I watch the ones who talk about how to improve and the ones who, who talk about development um, and trying new things, because that's, that's something that they also went through. Mm-hmm. like they went through those same challenges so I, th- I think with that it's yeah you're 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 gonna suck when you start like i know i do like my videos are pretty bad still um, well i'm such a perfectionist that yeah a lot of the time i mean i'll i'll do something like edit a photo but then i never do anything with it because i'm just over here fearing that it's not good enough or you know i did it wrong and 
everyone's gonna notice or or they won't notice enough because they did it wrong. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Um see that that's where I try to bring in some of the mentality from the other profession that I work towards. So umpiring baseball. I have an instructor slash mentor when I went to umpire school in 2019. And there there is a quote that comes with umpiring that sticks with me to this day because it couldn't be more true. Um, that he has tried to kind of knock down and and get rid of or change the mentality. But the whole thing with umpiring is you have to be perfect when you start and get better every day. And the reason for that is because when you walk on a field as an umpire, you are the bad guy. You're enemy number one because everyone blames you for their team losing or for a player sucking or, you know, something happening that doesn't go your way. So the umpire is always to blame because it's the easy way out. So you're expected to be perfect when you, the first time you step on a field and I'll be honest, the first time I stepped on the field, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I still don't sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) but now that I've gone to umpire school, I've developed for a few, uh, you know, for a few months with it going into my second season since umpire school, I had done a few seasons before that. I see other umpires who are in the shoes that I was when I first started when I was 17. And part of me laughs because, you know, part of me laughs because I've come so far from that. But at the same time, I still feel bad because like, I understand. I get it. I've been there. And the whole mentality that I think you have to embrace the same thing too is, that people overall need to start embracing is when someone is new, new to something, regardless of what it is, they're still human. They're going to make mistakes and they're mm-hmm. going to learn from their mistakes. Be like scrutinizing someone and being overly critical when they're still new to something. Like you have to watch how you do it because if you're just bashing them and saying their work is bad or they're bad at what they do, that's not helping them that's making them not want to do it like that's making them want to quit so you have to put yourself in that person's shoes especially if you've been been in them before like with with you with photography and with blogging i haven't been there with blogging per se but photography videography i i'm still new with that learning every day but I suck. I mean, I I have experience with photography, just not the same kind as I'm doing right now. I have experience with black and white film. Right. um, Working in a dark room. I've been there. (laughs) You know, all that fun stuff. And I, for years, I really wanted to set up my own dark room. But it's right. so bloody expensive, and I just yep. I never did it because it was never really a that big of, of a priority for me. It was just a want that I really wanted to have, you know. Yeah. Um. But this is like. No. I mean, I feel like an old person when I look at the camera that I got. <laughs> and yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, so my 
my oldest stepdaughter, she and I were looking at the camera together and <laughs> we figured out how to use a timer without using uh, much of the booklet. Like she tried first. And then yeah, you also asked me. <laughs> well, and we knew that. You know, we kind of figured stuff out and I'm still figuring things out. Um, I know it takes time, but I think one thing I have accepted is, you know, I don't have that professional eye of a photographer where I just have an eye for beautiful uh, scenic photos or whatever, or even portraits. Like I'm, I'm not good, but I've accepted that portion. What I haven't accepted is, is the rest of it. Right. Um, but that's See, because I accepted that years ago. We're talking like 15 years ago I've accepted that. The whole, I don't have a professional photographer eye. Okay, but the, th- the thing is here that I'll put the positive swing on it. The first step to getting better is being able to admit that you suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, because when I remember when I started college for video production, I had a high school course in very basic stuff, like foundations of video production that, you know, wasn't really in depth. And I went to college, I remember with, you know, like I knew what a couple things were, but I, I also remember the first studio production I had to do, like the first like bigger thing I had to do. And I remember my professor and I, I will not slam my professor in any way because um, at the time I was really irritated. I would get pissed off with things she would say, but I realize now why she said it because I remember the first production I ever did. Um, we had to like plan start to finish the whole production. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was done, we were graded on it, but she, she still somehow I, I realized she went easy on us as you know, by the end of two years, I realized she was going easy on us. But after the first one, I remember getting my um, grade back on it on, on the written paper and as well, what she said, and it said the same thing. And it said that was horrible. And Part of me was part of me in my head is going, okay, well, fuck you too, then, you know, like going like, <laughs> sure. But then I realized, cause I, I still have access to those shows cause they were online on our school, um, like accounts and whatnot. And I've gone back and watched them and I was going, holy shit, it was horrible. <laughs> that was bad. And I looked at a sh- the first show I ever did. And I looked at the last show I ever did and I'm going, yep, there's a lot of improvement there. They're still bad, but there's a lot of improvement. And th- that's the thing. So like, if you could admit from the start that you suck, you can only go up from there. Really. <laughs> I like that mentality. It's funny. But it's true. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, we're almost halfway through our top 10 here. What's yours? We're on number six, right? Yeah. So my number six kind of ties into what I was just saying. So personal and professional development. Big fear for me. 
so with personal development, I think like continuously growing as a person, um, that that scares me because I'm not exactly sure which, um, you know, which way or how quickly my growth is supposed to go on a personal level. Like I realize I'm 24 and I hopefully have a lot of years left, but um, every so often when I feel like I'm starting to grow more as a person, I somehow hit some type of setback and maybe it's not a setback. Maybe it is. But every time I feel like I've hit like a new level of growth, something happens that kind of hits the reset button in my head and I'm going, holy shit, I'm back to square one. I'm back to where I started. Because like either someone will say something or you know something happens that like I thought I was on this consistency path of growing and then it just gets halted and I'm back at a standstill and it's just, it's almost defeating. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to professional development, this is more both as an umpire and as a YouTube creator um, as an umpire, I feel like I'm, I'm on a consistently upward growth pattern because it's something that you can really only improve with. You can't really get worse at it. I wouldn't think you, you can always get better. You'll never be perfect, but you'll always get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but with YouTube, maybe it's just me looking at my own analytics too much or overanalyzing everything I do with it. But I see myself like I get to a certain point of growth and I'll admit I've come a long way since I actually started pursuing it, but I get to a certain point and then there's a standstill for a long period of time Mm -hmm. of like, nothing's going up. The numbers aren't moving and I'm going, is that it? Like, am I, is that as far as I'm ever going to go? Am I done? (laughs) Like, have I failed? And that's realistically not true. Like, cause it's something that does take a long time before you really start seeing success it doesn't happen quickly it's not something that happens overnight it's not something that happens over a few months it's not something that happens over a year Um, I was watching a video from um, a channel called the content bug her name's Catherine so if you're listening to this hi Catherine thanks for everything you do (laughs) oh right Um, and I checked her I checked the that stuff out I thought it was cool um yeah and it took her a year to get 300 subscribers before she actually got monetized. Like her first year on YouTube, it took a year for 300 subscribers. And if I'm anywhere close to, you know, what she's doing, I'm at like 59 or 60 and I've been doing it for what, since October realistically. So that's, 60 subscribers in four months i'd say i'm doing okay with that but it's still something that i struggle with because it's why can't i 
grow faster? Why can't I, I, why can't I get bigger? Cause like I'm putting the work in, but the way to overcome that, you have to remind yourself that things take time and that it's, it's not something that has instant gratification. It never will. Mm-hmm. Patience, continual yep. hard work. Yeah. You know, never give up on it. <laughs> Even if it yeah. takes you 10 years. It very well could. I, well, you know, I'm not saying you, know, you could wait till you're 50 and then by then something magical will happen, you know, and just kind of glide on through until then. That's not what I'm saying at all. Just patience and hard work. And yeah, um, that's about it. <laughs> General statements. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's going to tie into my number five, but let's go with your number five. Um, I, I've talked to you about this one before, uh, being on camera or in photos, uh, it's based on my physical image, uh, that I have a fear of showing anybody. Um, and just in the last, I don't know how long. Like, maybe a week or so. Or, well, since my birthday, really. I think you've noticed I've been posting a little bit more. Um, even if they're just uh, self-portraits. Yeah, selfies. And I know that a lot of the time, whatever quote I choose to go with that photo, uh, you know, I'm talking to everybody. But yep. I'm actually mostly talking to myself. You're reminding yourself of things. And in a really weird way, instead of, you know, uh, you know how people like to um, start working out and they say, I need to be held accountable, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a full full believer in you can't rely on everyone else to hold, to hold you accountable. You, accountable. you have to do it for yourself. Personal so, responsibility. It, yeah. So in a way, I'm not letting people do it. But I'm like forcing myself into doing the things that I'm fearing. Yeah. Um, in a really weird kind of a way, like um, people expect more from me. So I'm going to go this route and do it. And I'm going to show my face a little bit more. Um, uh, I've got some new things coming that will hopefully help with that that I'm not even going to tell you about yet. And, uh, I mean, they're not going to be like huge, huge leaps or anything, but, um, small steps in the right direction, just step by step and all small steps in the right direction. Yeah. And I'll get there. And, and it's not just about like forcing myself to be in front of the camera, whether it's video or photography, it's, um, uh, it's also like my actual body image. I'm very, very uncomfortable with the way I look. I, I'm I, there I with you. People look at me actually. Yeah, me too. I, I'm to that point where I don't like the way I look and I don't like it when other people look at me because I feel like they're judging me, even though I shouldn't care. But it's like my internal fear just because I don't like it, you know? Yeah, I, I'm definitely there with you. Um, I've struggled with self-image for a long time. Think about this one. 
when I finished school nine months after nine months after I graduated is when I started working for the TV station as a video journalist where I was on camera all the time and I feared being in front of a camera. Like the thought of being in front of a camera overall terrified me. And that was my job. Mm-hmm. I think with that, like, yes, self-image is difficult. You hate how you look. You hate, you know, um, the just the thought of what other people think. But I, I think the way, and it, it's hard for a lot of people to change their mentality, but you have to embrace who you are. You have to embrace, you, use your weaknesses Turn, turn your weaknesses into your strengths and embrace them because that's that's how I kind of not really got over it, but kind of got myself kind of through it and helped myself develop because you hear me say this all the time. I'm very fucking weird. I'm really weird. And that used to be a serious weakness for me because like, you know, no one wants to be weird. <laughs> Dude. But now, <laughs> now I'm like I am weird. It's who Welcome I to am. The dark side. We have <laughs> exactly like <laughs> it's like, and now other people would be like, "You're weird." I'll be like, "Yeah, I am weird." It took that one took me a really long time where people thought I was weird. I mean, people picked on me throughout school, and I I just kind of ignored them. Actually, I never really reacted to anybody, and that actually did me a lot of favors. <laughs> Um, it went away uh, for right. the most part. And even yeah. now, I mean, you call me weird all the time. And <laughs> sometimes it reminds me of the old days when you say it or anybody does. You know, you're weird. Um, it we do it more as a joke, though, too. Like, Am I weird, like, in a bad way? Like, should no, I just not in a bad way. mouth type of thing, you know? But then I go no. over it and I'm like, yeah, what else do you expect from me? <laughs> well, the th- thing is, like, when I say it, it's never in a bad way. Oh, no, I know. It's just, <laughs> you know, when you live through certain things, I'm sure you can relate to this. Yep. Kind of brings back, I don't want to say the word traumatic, because I don't think that one really was for me. Um, right, but there I are things enjoy that... I my weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do, do. <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh, I have fun, and you know what? I would rather be laughing and having fun because I'm saying weird things or doing something really weird than to be, you know, a stuck-up bitch with a stick up my ass. Yeah. Um, and here's here's a, another way to look at it, and believe it or not, being on YouTube taught me this. So it may not seem like much, but you know when you're on YouTube and there's those little stats that say like and dislike for videos? Mm-hmm. I had a video, the video I did, um, the one that was like the Amazon Echo versus Google Home. Okay. That has over 100 views now. Um, But I looked at the statistics and the analytics for that video. I had five people that gave it a thumbs up. And I had two people that gave it a thumbs down. So think about it this way. For every two people that don't like you or think you're weird in a bad way, there are five people who do like you and think you're weird in a good way. 
I mean, the stats outweigh it, right? Like, the stats are in your favor. True that, true that. Like, so for every person that you that you encounter that may, you know, you might get a, a negative reaction from them, there's going to be at least 3 to 5% more people that you get a positive reaction from. Like, that's a different way to kind of look at that. Yeah, I guess that was, I mean, I have a fear of being really weird, even in my blogs or whatever. But um, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's... The fear that's, just isn't enough to, like, stop me, if that makes sense. That That's huge. That right there is huge, too. Because that that's something that's huge for so many people where they're, like... They have so many fears and it stops them from doing what they really want to do. And you have to put in perspective, okay, so does your fear of doing something you love doing stop? Like, is it overpowering your actual passion for it? Because if it's overpowering your actual passion for it, then, okay, maybe that's something you need to look at. But if you can list more pros and put your passion ahead of, you know, your overthinking and your fear, then nothing should stop you. Mm-hmm. There should be nothing stopping you at that point. Like, if you can put ahead, because even with, I always relate it to YouTube because that's what I do now. So I love, you know, making videos. I love capturing, you know, beautiful scenery and other things i love talking about technology i love coffee you know i everything that my channel basically embraces is all stuff i love to share with the world yeah there's there's the negative side of you know people might hate my videos i might not grow that fast people might make fun of me but at the end of the day i love what i do and i don't feel any stress with it on you know any day that I post any day that I'm working on something I don't feel stressed with it that's really nice it is because I've had jobs in the past that I dreaded going to every day and it would stress me the fuck out I hated it I couldn't stand doing it I don't have that anymore Like that is gone for me. I think that's good. Yeah. Like you, if that's why I always tell people, like, don't let anything stop you from doing what you truly love because that's like half the battle with stress. Well, I'm just going to throw my next one in here because it actually. Your number five is about this. It's the fear of being judged for my looks and personality on my blog on anything I do, you know, any of my social media for for NLW moments, I have a fear of being judged for being weird or um, or people don't agree with me. Um, I know I shouldn't, but I do. I, I've been there too. Like, I've been in that. Um, judgment's a big one. That's an upcoming one for me too. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that one I think is with every platform. And I think anyone who is any type of 
influencer, regardless of the platform, regardless of their form of content, um, that's something that they struggle with. They struggle mm-hmm. with fear of judgment. They, they struggle with what other people think. And that's, that's part of why the platform we have now with 365 Creation that I really like, um, the whole idea that I kind of thought of with that platform is an open community for creators on multiple platforms and in multiple um, sectors of the creative industry to have somewhere to show their work, to talk about their work and not have people judging them you know, but, you know, encouraging them and wanting to help as opposed to, you know, when, when they think that they've posted something that's really good, for example, we want an environment and a community of people that say, hey, that was really good. Like, here's here's a, a couple of things that you might be able to improve on instead of people saying, what the fuck was that? That sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like, yeah, maybe it did. You know, maybe maybe it was a bad video. But that doesn't mean stop. Like, don't do it. It means work hard and get better. Exactly. So, I mean, it's something where... And actually, um, for those of you who do follow me, and I'll share this personal story, um, because I think it actually does help. So when I started on YouTube 60 uploads ago... Um, my now girlfriend, she recently started her channel as well. Um, and I think I shared her first video. Um, I did. And she is incredibly shy. She's incredibly awkward, even more so on camera. Um, and she was very hesitant, um, about even using a camera. And she saw me making videos. She started to help me with videos. And she said, you know, I think I want to try that. And I was like, okay. And she said, but I, like, I'm very shy. I'm very awkward. And other people are going to think I'm weird. And I was like. Can I give my opinion? Because I don't think I really did on her video. Yeah, go for it. I didn't get the vibe. I mean. I don't really care what anybody else thinks, but I did not get the vibe that she's awkward and shy. I got the vibe that she was just quiet. And she is. She just, she, she seemed okay on camera. Yeah, I, she, I, I told her I that too. She was going to be super shy and like, you know, stumbling over herself and whatnot. Well, I mean, not just her, but anyone that does a video at first i kind of half expect that right but yeah i didn't like like i already mentioned before your first videos are your worst videos i got the she's just kind of quiet and i i enjoyed her vibe actually see it's funny because after we recorded that the first thing she said to me was that was terrible i'm so awkward no i'm I'm so shy and i said no you did a great job like you did better than than I still do. <laughs> like, I'm still more awkward than you on camera. And I have, well, 59 more uploads than you do. Put um, it this way. If I didn't know anything about her and uh, lack of experience with uh, videos and whatnot, 
I don't know that I would have known. And I mean, I hope she listens to this uh, <laughs> later on because she needs to hear that. Um, <laughs> Close to truth, and I only speak the truth. Very true. And that's one reason that we work so well together, too. I mean, you know me. I'm not afraid to put somebody down if I need to. I mean, I tell you, <laughs> I critique you. I critique the shit out of you, Mike. Yeah, you do. With everything. But I take that into account. And my work, for the most part, I like to say gets better. Maybe not right away, but it does. Oh, dude, you have flourished. You went from just... Now talk about awkward and weird to <laughs> to trying new things and you seem confident with them, which makes it all the better. Like it, you, if you weren't confident with the new things you try, um, it would be really bad. But yep. you're confident with it, even though it's not like jump up and down, like woohoo, kind of confident, but you were yeah. kind of radiated enough that it works. Right. And it still needs to grow. And I know that. But like, I'll go back to my older videos and I'm going like, holy crap. Like, You're that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, fuck. I have a video. I actually have 78 views on it from 10 months ago. Um, before I really fully started pursuing YouTube. And I literally called. It was a vlog. And I called it I'm Awkward. <laughs> like, just straight up acknowledging it. Because, like, it's I true. I am. <laughs> like, I am awkward. I was acknowledging that. Well, I that. thought it was weird that you would put I'm awkward, but <laughs> it's the truth. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. And um, it's where are we even at on our list? Uh, number. Uh, we just did your number five. Let's do yours. But yeah. Um, but overall, with your number five, like the the fear of judgment, mm-hmm. out outweigh your passion for something. Um, let let that overpower the fear of judgment. I think it is maybe not. It, it sounds simpler than it is, but that's the the long term kind of solution to that. Is like over like let your passion for something outweigh the fear. Like that that is such a big thing. Because as soon as your passion takes over, so does your confidence. If that makes sense. It does. And, you know, normally I wouldn't do this, but I'm actually writing some stuff down. <laughs> it helps, right? Podcast here. <laughs> I mean, it helps, right? I mean, we're not exactly therapists or, you know, life coaches or anything, but it's just kind of, you know, feedback on stuff we've encountered that might be able to help someone else yeah. or each other. Yeah. Uh, my number five is more so related to um, the creative life, the creative side of life. And it's finding consistency without hitting a ceiling. Like, can, can you explain that one? So, like, being able to 
um, you know, consistently put out content, um, like creative content and consistently continue doing it without feeling like you got to a point where um, both creatively and otherwise, like you've just gotten to a point where like, you don't think you can, you can do any better where you're, you're kind of like, you know, like you're at a point where you're kind of stuck because it's not that people aren't enjoying your content. They're not that they're not enjoying what you do and they're, and they're still watching obviously, but you don't want to hit a point where, you know, that's it. Okay. Like that's, that's the best I can do. Okay. Like where it's, it's something where like I have that fear. Cause like, that's why like with the coffee day series or like originally with the driving series, that was a crash and burn for me. And there's a reason it was because my mentality wasn't that I didn't like doing that, that type of video. It's that, is that all I'm going to do? Like, is that, is kind that like, like plateauing? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's good content and that, but like, is that it? Is that all I have in me? And I didn't want that to be the case. So I kind of moved away from that. And people say, oh, you have to like find your niche and stuff. Like a lot of YouTubers do that where they focus on one thing. It's like, okay, but I find with that, you're limiting your creativity too. Like, yeah, you have to kind of find like your main um like the main thing you're you're known for mm -hmm. but that can't be your whole focus because there's only so far you can go with that like you should have other other heights that you want to reach other other goals you want to reach because otherwise you're just going to coast and eventually you're going to burn out um, people aren't going to watch you way, way down the road because there's going to be new people who come out with new things all the time that they're going to gravitate to. Mm -hmm. I do that. Like, yep. I I had YouTubers I used to watch all the time um, that I no longer watch. Um, not, I'm still subscribed to them, but I no longer watch a lot of their videos because... I felt like it was just kind of the same thing over and over again. Like they're just kind of doing the same, same videos and same type of stuff all the time. Yeah. And I was like, this is really getting boring and it's not like a rip on any of them. It's just like, I'm no longer interested. Like, can you do something new? Mm -hmm. Like, can you try something new? Because like you need to re-engage me with why I should still watch you. Yeah. I can understand that one. Yeah, it's 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 really weird cuz I never like I always try to be loyal to people I watch too because I hope that people would be that same way with my channel, right? Mm -hmm. Um but I'm I'm constantly trying to put out different things and different types of videos, new new types of videos. Um challenge my own creativity because I don't want people to get bored. Like 
I don't want them to get bored with what I do. Yeah, no, I can so that's, that. Well, that's why I do like, I'll do like coffee videos. I'll do tech reviews. I'll do, um, let's see. I'm trying to give other examples. I did like how to's. Um, I occasionally do a vlog or I'll do like a motivational like sit down talk video i'll do mail time when you know someone like you or uh sends me stuff just different things because i don't want it to just be the same thing all the time i think it's great i i think variety is a really good thing um my fear with blogging is um i feel like the attention span of um people in newer generations just is very short and uh yep. i feel like people don't really like to read as much and i think i have a fear of um that kind of getting in the way of successful blogging and see that the they used to say the same thing with the radio industry actually where for a long time they said the radio industry was a dying industry and the way like the way you're kind of putting blogging is like not a lot of people read anymore so in a way like the blogging area is kind of i wouldn't say it's dying and the same thing with radio i wouldn't say it's dying because i i have a feeling in the most positive way possible that history has a way of repeating itself um and with that too and i actually have a good friend that i um still talk to that was is still in the radio industry that was a, a friend of mine in the media industry um and she's a radio host um her name is care uh for those of you who follow it um uh, she's part of a, a country station um she's got a great personality she she's kind of twisted with her humor at times um that's great. But she's a radio host and there are a lot of people who still listen to radio because of her. There's a lot of people that in, you know, the quote unquote dying industry that is radio um, have turned back to radio because someone is so engaging with, you know, what they talk about. Um, the conversations they have with people, maybe what they do on their social media as well to keep people interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't say that blogging is a dying industry. I think it's just something where you have to have a unique way of engaging people. Like the, the way, f- and I think that's the same with anything though. The only reason any type of industry succeeds is because there's something that's interesting to people. Like, it's it's keeping people wanting more of it. Yeah, it's the same thing with you know food. Yeah, why do people keep going back to you know their favorite restaurants because it's good. Yep. So like I wouldn't say with blogging like don't don't take the mentality of people don't read anymore because I don't think that's true. I think people read something they're interested in and they will continue to read things they're interested in. It actually leads me into my next one. Number four. Is it number four? Yeah. 
It is. No. Yeah. I missed one then. You did your number five, didn't you? I don't know. I'm all out of order. Like, I... <laughs> you should see the piece of paper I have in front of me. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it went Notes from are never a bad thing. 10 to 1 to a bunch of lines and crossing out and arrows and <laughs> notes. And it's really bad looking. So now I'm a little lost. But I only have, like, one, two, three left. Did you do yours? Wasn't that wasn't yours? <sighs> Uh, I did my number five. It was the finding consistency without hitting a ceiling. That's weird. <laughs> we got a I, little... I had ten things listed here, but I only have three left. Well, what was your number four then? Um... Or what was the last one you did? Uh, oh, maybe it was because I said I was going to go into my next one. It was like being judged for looks personality. Yeah, from that. That was your number five, I think. I don't know, but I only have three left, which means <laughs> okay, somehow we squeeze uh, an extra one in there. But um Okay, well then I'll quickly leads to another one. Okay. And we don't um, even have to have a huge discussion because we basically just did, which is I have a fear that I'm not gonna be able to produce a good blog. And I'm never really going to get up and running. It was supposed to launch in July. And here it is, you know, New Year in January. And I still don't have it launched. And I'm afraid that it's not going to be successful. And I'm not going to reach the people that I want to reach. Or the way that I want to. It's a huge one, but that's it. Yeah, that was my number three. I don't even think I touched my number four. Um, my number four I'll touch on very quick. And then go, because my number three relates to yours. My number four was financial stability. Oh, yes. That's a good <laughs> um, one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, fear of not making enough money and not having financial comfort. That's that's just kind of a standard one. I think everyone has that. It's a real um, fear. Yeah. And my number three is failure. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it is. And I think <laughs> that kind of ties in. Like, failure for me on, you know, more of a professional side than a personal side but like for me it's like no follower growth my content production um just like anything that could stop me from you know being financially stable mm -hmm. um but yeah like failure is a big one for me like it, it ties into my finding consistency without hitting a ceiling or um professional development like it's um, not knowing um, like the, the thing with the fear of failure that I really have the problem is like realistically what what is success like what what determines success you <laughs> I mean yeah sorry <laughs> no it's, it's kind of true but like society has this new like don't really have a definition for it because there's the the side of success it's like you're successful when you're happy and it's like but are you really happy if you're homeless well a lot of people think that um the materialistic items will make them happy which um, isn't true either in a lot of ways you can actually be homeless 
but you have a roof over your head. Interesting. If you really think Never. about it. I know it's kind of a weird thought, but um, let's just say you have a really nice house. Okay. And you have a wife who mm-hmm. seems to care about you and love you, right? Especially yep. to the public eye. But then when okay. you come home at night or, you know, and you have kids and whatnot that are successful in school and you come home at night but you're not happy in a way that's almost like being homeless just because you have a home doesn't mean it's going to make you happy your home is yeah I believe your home is supposed to be in your heart home's where the heart is you know if you're not happy with where you're at, in a way, it's almost like you're homeless. There's a lot of people who are physically homeless, who want what you have, but at the same time, they find value in the things that they do have. So in a lot of ways, some of them are even happier than the person living in the, the mansion next door. You know what I mean? I know it's like super weird, but that's what I yeah. Think. <laughs> no, like I, I can get that too. Um, because I mean, I've had this discussion with multiple people. Um, I don't, I, th- I think we might have. Um, but like, what would you do if you won the lottery? And everyone's answer is yeah. kind of different yeah. because a lot of people are like, oh, I'd buy, you know, fancy car, big mansion, you know, and like have like 20 bathrooms in my house and, whatever and it's like okay so you've got this big mansion you've got a fancy car and you've got 20 bathrooms in your house you're still (laughs) one person yeah (laughs) like so you've got all that but you're like you're still alone you're filling the void of things that can't fill that void yeah so you it's you just remain unhappy. Yeah. I, I mean, for thoughts. me, no, like we, we both do. But <laughs> <laughs> um, For me, it's like, okay, sure. Like if I won the lottery, I might get myself my dream truck. Not because in that, in that grand sense, that's not a huge expense, but it's just something I want. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would um get a big fancy mansion or anything i think i would make sure that like my family's taken care of um i would make sure that like um you know the people close to me had what they needed and like there was nothing left out for them and i think i would probably more like if i had a family i'd say like okay we're gonna travel more like we're gonna have new experiences because you don't need a big fancy mansion you don't need exotic cars that like one car is gonna cost you two hundred thousand dollars um like you, you don't need that stuff but if you can travel and see the world like who else can do that 
Yeah. Realistically. And I mean, I used to have a neighbor when I lived in a, I guess you could say a, a more upper class type of area. Um, he lived around the corner from me. And I kept wondering like where he saw value, not just like in money or like in his own life, because he was a single guy, had a fair, fairly like decent sized house had four very expensive cars because he had a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Corvette and a Mercedes. And not just like a, uh, a low end Mercedes, like a top of the line, every fucking feature possible type of Mercedes. And in it for his garage, he had like hydraulic lifts in his garage so he could um, lift his Lamborghini and his Ferrari and park his Corvette and his Mercedes underneath. And his Lamborghini and his Ferrari would come out once a year in the summer. He'd literally take them out of his garage, drive them around the block to show off, wash them, and then put them back in his garage. And every time I think, like, what, what was the point of that? Like, what... <laughs> What value, what value is something like an exotic car when you take it out once a year for like 10 minutes? Maybe you it should just, ask him. I never did because I just had this constant thing about laughing at him. But <laughs> I'm sure there's things that you do that other people laugh at. Pro- oh, well, wait, they're uh, I Yeah, I was going to say like, duh, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But like, the guy had a lot of money. But what did he really have to show for it? I don't know. Maybe you got to get to know him to find out. And I never did get to know him really because I moved. But <laughs> but it was just like, why why the exotic cars? Like you obviously have money to blow. We get that. But like, w- would you not want to? Maybe I'm being somewhat judgmental. Maybe I'm not. But like. Maybe I just have a different view on things, but would you not want to put that money somewhere that, you know, maybe holds a, a longer term value for you? Like maybe not like a car because everyone knows that cars depreciate in value the second you drive them off a lot. But like, why not, you know, like if it were me and I had that much money, probably move out to the middle of nowhere and build a probably build a a big house but like (laughs) but like i wouldn't you know why show off to people like who cares who cares if you have like a an exotic car like it's like okay cool you bought a lamborghini and a ferrari and each of those cars is probably about 200 grand so you you blew 400 grand on two cars I could get two cars. Like if I if I had that type of money, I could get two cars and I could probably only spend about 80 grand between the two of them. Like what was the point of that? I don't know. Everyone's got exactly. their own interests. I mean, my example earlier of, you know, a, a man that has a nice house and the wife and the kids and whatnot. 
uh, I don't even remember if I really explained other than um, the fact that he could be really unhappy or whatever, but um, I have seen and I know of wealthy people that are happy. You know, they have a really good job and they have the fancy things, but they also have the family to support them and give them the love that they need and they give it back. And so it's like a really good family dynamic on top of having the nice things and people like to have their their hobbies and whatnot. Um, I think that's a dream life. It was just mainly for, for people that you kind of think about that have all the nice things but are unhappy because their family life is, a you know, a train wreck. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think being wealthy and having a very strong and positive family dynamic, I think that's just, I think that's a dream. Well, I've got, that... I've got family that, you know, um, are wealthy and uh, I've got family member that races and he's got really nice things and he's really happy. He's got a really good family lots of good friends um just a stand-up guy uh i mean not to say his life isn't perfect or is because it's not um but at the end of the day if you can go home and you can be happy with the life that you have um then more power to you regardless of the fact that you own two Lamborghinis or not you know what I mean yeah um, if people have the money to spend so be it they earned it yeah I mean and that's always something I look at too but I think like, it's really if... sad if people fill the void when they're unhappy and they keep buying things like that yeah like that. that's exactly what I'm getting at like it's like money really isn't this the solution to all your problems it's not I like just you can't how off topic we are oh well <laughs> um but it, it was from like the failure thing right so um like what failure and like what defines success what defines failure because everyone has a different definition of that mm-hmm. for me it, it it's very much like around youtube and around like that that also correlates to my personal life but at the same time like i i don't know if I, i've failed like i know i've failed at things before but like, i don't know if i failed overall i obviously haven't succeeded overall because i'm not where i want to be but just because i'm not where i, where I want to be that doesn't necessarily mean i failed it means i'm not there yet you want to know my favorite quote what everything will be okay in the end if it and if it's not okay it's not the end that's true that's that's a big one that should hopefully resonate with a lot of listeners well it should kind of resonate with what you said in a sort of roundabout way (laughs) yeah uh let's go to number two because we spent a little too long on number three (laughs) i know um, I don't want to talk too long about it, but, uh, and, and you and anybody else can tell me otherwise, but it's not going to ease my fear of that. I'm a bad stepmom. There's a lot of people I, that say, I think you're doing great. 
I was going to say, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. However, there's probably about three people on this planet that are, like, close to me that have actually seen me around them and whatnot and the things that I do. And um, I, you know, it's still everyone says, oh, you're great, but I still have that fear. And I don't know when it's going to go away. Well, you know, off of, um, you know, the internet and like off of the public stream, uh, we've talked about a lot of things about like that part of like you being a stepmom and that. And we know the other side of it. We won't go into detail on the other side of that. But when you overall look at that, when you look at, the influence you've had on not just your oldest stepdaughter, but on all of them. And you look at the influence that the other side has had. They more often than not positively gravitate towards you. And for good reason, I believe. Well, you know, I still can't get used to, I mean, this is becoming like um, an everyday instance at dinner time or on the weekends for breakfast too, where it's just as simple as sitting at the table who gets to sit where. Right. Every single person wants to sit next to me, but it's a round table, even if it wasn't round. I can't see how it would be possible to fit four people right next to me at a table. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's almost overwhelming. I get that. You're the favorite. It confuses me because I just have so much self-doubt. So it confuses me why basically the whole family fights over sitting next to me. Because you're the favorite. I'm not the favorite. Um, and in a lot of ways, I actually feel bad for other members of the family because I'm like, everyone is is great here. I want to sit next to everybody. Why you have a round table. What's that? Why you have a round table. <laughs> Why I have a round table? Yeah, because you are technically sitting next to everybody. You can see everybody that way. I mean, you can see everybody at a square table, too. Yeah, but I don't know. I think a round table is just a little more. I I think it's easier to kind of keep involved with everyone. I don't know. I've the last few years I've had a square table and I I quite enjoyed it. Now we have a round table and I'm not liking it so much. Hmm. It's strange. And it's not just because it's a change. It's. Um, you know, I, I guess it depends on the size of the round table, but the one that we have here is, uh, it's in a way that I kind of have to like lean over my, my plate just to look at the person that's, um, next to the person next to me. Interesting. It's not, I don't know if maybe it's just a little too large or so. I don't really know. It's possible, but it is possible. A lot of the time I find myself leaning over in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I don't feel as connected to those people that aren't sitting directly next to me. 
that yeah, I can kind of see that. I like it when I can sit across from people where I can actually look at them. I mean, my sweetheart, whenever we go out to eat, uh, he really likes to sit next to me, like right next to me. <laughs> and you know, I can see it too. Trust me, it's not like I don't enjoy it, but, but... I prefer when I sit across the table from somebody and I can directly look at them. Yeah, I'm. I I'm feel the same more way. Connected that way. Yeah, when we go out here, we're always across from each other. Doesn't matter. We always are. If we're well, there's out, there's got to not... be some kind of compromise once in a while. So I, you know, I let him sit next to me. Well, the the thing here, um, and it hasn't really happened um, that often at all. But when we're out, if it's just the two of us, we sit across from each other. But if we're out with other people, um, and maybe it's because she's more like shy and more she ha- she deals with anxiety like I do. But if we're out with other people, then she'll sit next to me because it's it's a comfort thing. Oh, see, there's I feel like there is a difference. So like, um, yeah, like let's just say he and I took our oldest out to lunch, which yeah. I mean we do sometimes. Yeah. Most of the time. She sits across from us and we sit next to each other and I kind of prefer it that way. I don't know why I just do. It's almost like a natural thing for me. But if it's just him and me, I mean, my natural inclination is to want to sit across from him. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time he ends up sitting next to me, which is okay. But what happens is I end up physically turning my whole body towards him and like putting my leg or both my legs up on the seat or on his lap. Just so I can right. face them. Because that's the way I like to be. Right. I don't like to sit sideways and turn my head. And that's the only way you have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. It's not I definitely my get that. idea of fun. But anyway, fear of being a bad stepmom. What's yours? What's your number two? Uh, my number two. And I had this one because it's been a very recent struggle and a very recent fear for me. Mm-hmm. Um. And the reason it's been a very recent fear is because it has actually, what's the word for it? Um, It's actually been the situation. Um, And maybe, maybe it's more recent also because before I got into a relationship, I was kind of used to it, but now it, it feels so different. So for me, it's, being alone when my mental health gets the best of me. Uh, I can totally relate to that one. Because. Hands down. Well, yeah, because for me, like for those who don't know, I have mentioned it on YouTube before. I do deal with depression and anxiety. Um, and a lot of stress as well. But there's this thing now, like, because, you know, my girlfriend spends a lot more time with me. Um, than she even does with her own family which is you know weird and also not because it's kind of the progression of life but when she's not here there and like I'm not working on a video or I'm not working or just something you know your your anxiety your depression your stress all creep up on you and it's not like one at a time no they all pile on at once Mm -hmm. they all they all pile on at once they team up on you 
When it rains, it pours. Yeah, and hey, a Luke Combs song. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's one of those things, and I don't think... Okay, so apparently Anchor cuts off at the two-hour mark, but uh, I didn't know that, but... Um, now we know. Now we know for sure. Um, anyway, where were we? Um, I was saying how your mental health and different parts of it that you deal with tend to creep up with creep up on you and team up on you all at once. Um, but basically, and it was the other day that it hit hard for me. Um, my girlfriend wasn't here and I actually woke up early one morning and I don't know why I did because I typically don't wake up that early and I had literally nothing on my plate that day because I had posted a video the day before um, and like I had had a long day and then I got up and basically like showered, had breakfast, had coffee, and just felt this emptiness. And I'm going, what is that? You know, at first I, I was kind of like almost weary of it and it felt weird. And then I'm like, what is that? That's really weird. And then I started to realize what it was. Um, because at first it was the anxiety because, you know, not knowing what that is, that's your anxiety coming in. Mm-hmm. and then you start to feel really shitty and there's a depression and then both of those bring stress and it literally basically crippled me the whole day and I for majority of the day literally sat on my floor in my room in the darkness and literally like I don't even think I responded to anyone other than my girlfriend, like on my phone, like I didn't respond to anyone. I literally was just like, I, I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't think about anything. I couldn't like, it was just, there was nothing I could, I couldn't get myself up off the floor. Like I, it was just, everything hit me at once and I was powerless and it was the st- strangest and scariest feeling because I didn't know like what just happened because literally the day before and like up until I had breakfast and had my coffee I was fine and then it all just hit me at once and literally not metaphorically but literally knocked me down and it was the like I did not know what to do and I remember texting my girlfriend and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. Like I was in such a panic mode at that point, panicking, but still not being able to do anything about it. Was this like, does this have anything to do with the day that you texted me and you were asking some kind of question that had to do with, how I can handle being by myself so often or so yes. much or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I kind of, I'm yeah. putting two, to, two and two together here. Yeah. It, it was, I think it was probably that day. It was probably later in that day. I messaged you that though. 
I don't I know when was, you asked me, but it was probably later that day after I like literally forced myself to get up and <laughs> try and be productive somehow. It's possible. Either way, I I relate. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It was such a. But that's when I realized it was also a fear because you don't realize that it's going to happen to you when it does. Mm -hmm. It's something like some people say, oh, I know when I'm having a, a mental health episode. And it's like, that's great for you that you can recognize that not all of us have that privilege. Like there are days when you just get a it feels like a brick or a bus hit you and there's nothing you can do about it mm -hmm. yep and yeah. uh, it's it's even worse when people don't understand and they say things like and I'm not gonna say who but I have people in my life even when I was geez even as young as when I was like in eighth grade there were yep. certain people in my life that would say things like, you're just lazy. And yeah, I got me. that one before. And it has affected me so much that like sometimes, even now, it's hard for me to decipher whether I really am being lazy or, or if uh, depression is weighing me down. Yeah. And it does Some, weigh you down. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell the difference. And I think it's because I was never really given the, um, I guess, compassion that I wish I had gotten from certain people that were important in my life. Right. Um, you know, and they, they would just tell me, you're just lazy. You don't want to do anything. Yeah, no, I've been there. Really, the case. I, I want to do something, but it's hard to do it. Yeah, I physically and literally can't. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> trust me. I get that, and it's really crazy that that was your next one because it ties into my next one. <laughs> oh, really? Your number um, one? Uh, my number one. It's gonna. I mean, it's simple, but it's hard to explain. I have a fear okay. that I'm never gonna beat depression and anxiety and there's another part to this I have a huge fear that I'm not that I can't live without depression because I have lived with it for so long and it terrifies me to live a different life because it's different even though I know realistically it would be really good for me but it's really hard to see myself like that because as yeah. long as I can remember and I'm this is like the hardest one for me, but I can't ever remember not having depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that probably when I was really little, I probably didn't. But at the same time, I have limited memories of my childhood. I mean, I yeah. remember some things, but every time I talk to anybody that I've ever met in my life you know people are just like oh I remember this and that and this and that and I'm like 
I'm envious that you can remember that much because I can only remember probably half or a quarter of what you can remember. Bits and pieces. And it's really sad because I'm not even 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hey, would expect I'm there that too. From, I'm... I would expect that from somebody that's like, you know, 60, 70, 80 or whatever to not remember everything, but I'm not even 30 and I can't. I just can't. Yeah. And I, I'm there with you on that one um, because having lived with depression and anxiety for so long, I honestly believe it's not something that you ever live without. I don't think it's something that um, ever goes away. And I was watching a YouTuber actually that um, they're a recovering addict and I feel like it's similar because when someone says they are a recovering addict, even if they're clean and sober, they always have that label mm-hmm. of recovering addict because whether you ever fully recover or not, I don't think it is a debate. I think you never really like, I never, I don't think you ever really get rid of that label or erase that label because you always have that behind you. And I think with, depression and anxiety and mental health issues I don't think it's something you ever get rid of I think over time it's just something you learn how to live with and cope with better like I think I think you I think you start to find more consistent and long-term solutions on dealing with it because you've identified you know like what kind of puts you into those mental states you you've identified where it comes from and mm-hmm. you are able to identify the feelings of like when it's creeping up on you and you you know start to find those solutions of dealing with it um but it's always there like i don't think you ever live without it it's always there but i, I think it just becomes probably less and less severe the more you learn how to cope with it in a more positive and healthier way. Well, I probably have a fear of it because, I mean, I'm about to announce the world, but this is the worst I've ever been. I mean, it's a different situation, but holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like that rock bottom feeling. I'm not even sure I feel rock bottom yet. I feel like I'm, if you can picture a well that's just wide enough that you could actually like put your legs and arms out to kind of stop yourself from falling all the way in. Yeah. But I feel like I'm holding myself, you know, five meters above the water. And I'm just holding there. You're not. I'm still like 20 feet down. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're not able to push yourself up from it. When I feel stuck, like my energy levels are just deteriorating faster and faster the longer I hold. And I can either go up or I can go down. But going up is even harder and it takes more energy and I'm running out. Yeah, I've, I've been there before for sure. It's a very scary feeling. It is. It's a terrifying feeling. And Sometimes it feels I, like life or death. 
Yeah. I honestly, um, it might sound a little, I, I don't want to say cliche, but when I was at that point is when my, I guess you could say return to, because um, for a long time I was very on the fence, but my return to Christianity and my return to um, finding salvation and strength in God kind of happened because when, when a lot of bad shit was going on for me, I started to doubt whether, you know, God and like the, whether Christianity was actually a thing and whether that had any sense of truth to it, because when all this bad shit is happening, it's like, well, I thought God was supposed to care about me. I thought he was supposed to make my life better. I thought he was supposed to help me. And when nothing good is happening for you, you're kind of like, this can't be real because like God can't be real because he wouldn't put this type of shit in my life. So, you know, you get to a point where you feel like you can't get, you can't get forward. You can't get up any higher and, and you're, you're not quite at rock bottom, but the fear of get of being there is, is very real. Um, and you feel like you're close to it. And then, I mean, I think my return to Christianity also came through country music as well um, because I started listening to a lot of Brantley Gilbert um, and a few other artists who had this strong um, connection to God and they had gone through a lot of bad shit in their life too because like, I don't know if people know this about Brantley Gilbert, but he was an alcoholic for a long time. He was a drug addict for a long time and he got through that because he started going back to church. He started reading the Bible and he actually has a bunch of tattoos of like faith related things now. Um, and he looks at, um, he's had friends die from different things. Like he had, um, he was saying he had a friend and he made the song one hell of an amen because of one of his friends who um, he was a soldier. Um, he, was he was a military guy who ended up not returning home from deployment. Um, he ended up being killed in action. And his outlook, because it was a very close friend of his, he said the outlook could have been that God was challenging him because you know he took his best friend too soon. But the other outlook is that God needed an, needed another soldier in his fight of, I don't know exactly what, but on his fight of, you know, positive life, something like that. And that's, that's really your, your perception, your own perspective, I think. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like the answer is turn to God, but like, there's got to be something that like when you're at that point, there's got to be some type of purpose that you have to pull yourself out of it. And I don't know what it takes to find it, but it's got to be there. 
somewhere. Yeah. It's probably there. It's just it's probably sitting in front in front of anybody's faces. But um, we all we all have trouble finding it. <laughs> I think part of the problem is that a lot of the time like what I was saying is that uh I'm afraid to live without it because I don't know any way, other way of living. Yeah. Um that could also be it, you know, just having the motivation to want to. Um, just for instance, and you or anybody can disagree with me, but um, I'm finding my relationship with myself and with God. And I'm still working on it. I'm still really new with it. But I have found that I cannot do it unless I open myself up to it. Very true. basically open my heart. So a couple of times I've been successful in this where um, it's not like meditation, but if you can get yourself into a position where you're feeling at peace or even when you're feeling not so peaceful, but in a way that you can focus enough to do this where you can visualize something, something, uh, like for instance mine is I visualize there's a door on my chest like a little tiny door and if I open it I can like visualize uh, like a really pretty bright light that can go in and then I shut it and I lock it interesting and, that's an interesting analogy <laughs> well it's not even just an analogy I actually visualize that. Like, that's my visualization. And I've only successfully done it a couple or a few times now. Where I have, like, felt like I'm visually and mentally and everything about me is allowing, I guess, the good and God and peacefulness to come into me. Um... You know, it kind of goes with along with, uh, you know, you're not going to be successful unless you want to be. Right. You know, you have to work at it. So this is one of those things where, you know, if you want to have a relationship with God or, or a partner or anybody, well, you have to want it yourself enough to, like, let them in. Right. Otherwise, you're just standing next to them with the door shut and locked and they can't ever get in. They can't do what they're supposed to do in your life. Yeah. You have to, the people who are meant to be in your life, you have to allow them. You have to open your, your life to them mm-hmm. to have, to have their purpose. Cause I mean, you can't just sit there and say, I want this. I want this person or I want God to be in my life or whatever have you. Right. You can't just like sit there and say the words like we talked about earlier. You have to physically do it. And yeah, you have to let it happen. Yeah, sometimes that means visualizing something enough to where you can actually feel it. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard shit. It's deep shit. And not everybody wants to touch it. 
Nope. And I tell you true. what, I cried on and off the last time it happened. And it was actually uh, last week. Probably why I brought it up. Because it's wow. kind of fresh. And... Yeah, it's still, yeah, that yeah. was like my number two. Like... <laughs> I mean, I cried for a long yep. time. Yep. And everyone's going to have their own different experiences, but that's mine. And that's what I try to hold on to, at least, even though a lot of the time I feel like I can't. And that's part of my problem, is I go in the whole mentality of I can't do it, I can't do it. Therefore, I mentally and physically literally cannot do it. Yeah. What a and battle. It, yeah. It, it, it's a huge battle, and that's why like, I think part of why we do this is like to try and open up the people to who don't know who are in a way ignorant to it so they can kind of learn about it and they can realize like when someone says that they deal with depression or anxiety or any type of mental health issue they're not just saying that like they may tell you that but you don't see or visualize what that actually means because yeah, it's so different for everybody yeah and like when people like some people may have similar experiences and others you know drastically different mm-hmm. like earlier and, when you were describing that that one day for you and how it made you feel and what it did to you physically and mentally i mean i can relate but i can tell you right now my down days i mean from the cover on the outside of the book it probably looked kind of similar but my thoughts and feelings are so different than what yours would have been right everybody's so different I, I mean for me it wasn't even so much like that I even had thoughts and feelings it was just nothing it was just emptiness like blank space and it was the yeah. weirdest strangest thing it scared the hell out of me yeah, sometimes those are the scariest moments where. Well, because I've I've dealt like I've had different like mental health days and stuff before, but it never hit that way. Mm-hmm. Before and that was like the first time that happened, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like, I I had no clue. Like, and later that day, like later that night, I actually went to pick up my girlfriend, and you know I had kind of started to recover slash bounce back from that mm-hmm. but even even at that point even though i was kind of like out of out of that that stage my mind was still going what happened why did that happen like did i do something myself to cause it and now thankfully my girlfriend was there because if she wasn't, I may have ended up back in that, back in that state again. Because now, because I'm wondering why it happened, how it happened, if it was something that I allowed to happen, there, there goes your stress, there goes your anxiety, and all of a sudden the depression is back too, mm-hmm. right? And if she wasn't there, and I didn't have someone to actually talk about things with, I very likely would have ended up back there, and that yeah. could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have come back worse. Yep. And I, I tried to tell her about it, and she's been in similar situations, too. Um, 
but it's just like when you hit that point bouncing back from it and maybe it's just the way i handle it but once i bounce back from it because like i started to overanalyze it after my solution and i'm not saying it's a it's a a great or a solution that's going to work for everyone but for me after that it's not because if i start to think about it and overanalyze it it's coming back yeah i can see that and I know, like, the reason I say it's not for everyone is because I know that doesn't work for everyone and someone's going to say something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work for me. It's like, okay, it may not work for you, but that's what happens for me. That's I, what has to work for me. I'm kind of similar. Um, I mean, it's it's worse when I'm here alone, obviously, and, you know, I don't have yeah, really because... anybody to pick me up and save me, essentially, but I, I've had days, days go by where I have that nothingness feeling that you're talking about yeah no thoughts or whatever have you and I mean before I know it days go by and I'm I'm laying in bed I'm not sleeping my eyes aren't closed and I'm just staring at the wall or I'm just staring at a ceiling and I don't really talk to anybody and it's terrible and I don't really get like that when people are here because it just changes the dynamics. It does. And uh, there's been some times where my sweetheart has found me in bed at noon. Like, I'll get up and try to eat something. And I'll, I mean, I just keep going back to the room and I just lay down. I just, I don't yeah. do anything. I'm feeling exhausted. Even if I had a good night's sleep, I feel so fucking tired. Because at that point, it's not because. Like even if you did sleep, whether you did or not, it's not from that. It's from the mental battle mm-hmm. that's just keeping you tired. Mm-hmm. And there are nights I don't sleep at all either. Like I, I don't. Like I, I up all night because that mental battle is ongoing. And and whether it's just that or whether it's that combined with me thinking about what my next videos are going to be, <laughs> because sometimes those two overlap um, or it goes back and forth between them. And you just find yourself not sleeping at all. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day rolls around and you realize you have stuff to do and you're like, fuck, I'm exhausted. <sighs> Well, speaking of exhausted, I think this is like the longest podcast we have done thus far. Probably, yeah. This is crazy long. We're at like two and a half hours. Yeah, I was going to say, we're really going to listen to the whole thing. Um, Anyone who's gotten this far, I applaud you. (laughs) It's long and we apologize for that, but there is a lot to cover with this one. You can blame Natalie for bringing up the topic. uh, you get a $5 um, gift card to Amazon. Just kidding. Yeah, no. Um, but I, I'll, I'll tell you what. If, if you go from, from this, if you're still listening, if you go to any of my videos, there's links in my description um, for uh, stuff that, like, different gear and equipment that I use. But if you click that link and anything you purchase on Amazon, you'll have 10% off. Oh, nice. So... There's that if, if you're really that interested. I need my click rate on Amazon to go up too. 
Well, you have one more, don't you, on your list? Uh, oh yeah, my number one, but um, that my number one was your number five. So judgment from family, friends, and public. Ah. Uh, so we kind of went through that. Yeah. Okay. But with the whole thing of fear, um, there's a good quote. I've seen it a lot recently. Um, actually, two good quotes. One of them was actually in my last video as well. But and that was actually from a good friend of mine. But I'll go with the other one first. And it's fear has two meanings. And it's literally by acronym in this one. So there's the first meaning is forget everything and run. Which is it, it happens for a lot of people. Or mm -hmm. face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Which is basically okay. how you deal with fear. You either forget everything and you run away from it. Mm -hmm. Or you face your fears and you rise above it. Like there's only there's only two ways to look at it. I like that. Um, it's by a guy named Zig Ziglar. I have no clue who he is, but uh -huh. yeah, I have no clue who he is. But I have it heard has... that name. I feel like I have too, but I still don't know who he is. Um, and the other one. And I'm going to send him the link to so we can listen to this. Um, guy I met at an umpire clinic I went to. He is, um, I mean, I could go on and on about his resume, but he basically, he's an umpire. He's <laughs> the CEO of the former athlete fitness. He's a middle school teacher. <laughs> I don't know what else he does. Probably a lot of other things. Guy named Brett. Uh, and he has a quote that has stuck with me since the day I met him. And it is, if you have the, the ability to create fear inside your head, you have the same ability to create a life you want and make it a reality. Mm, yeah. So, this and it's the same, and the reason he came up with that, it was part of his, um, his teachings to actually be a teacher. And it's the section of your brain that creates fear is the same section of your brain that also creates ambition and creates motivation. And whether you let that part of your brain control your actions and your reactions, like how I tied that into something you said before, uh -huh. <laughs> how you act and how you react to things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that's that part of your brain has two options you let it completely take over your thought process and make you you know forget everything and run or you take over that part of your brain and make it work to your advantage and create what you really want easier said than done obviously but just, you know, something to think about. It is. I actually wrote some notes down. It's okay to have fear about things. Yeah. But it's how you, how you use that fear. How you handle it. That, yeah, how you handle it, how you use it. Because you can let fear completely disable you. Or... You can let it drive you. Mm -hmm. 
and I know there are things I've taken on in the past, I want to say the past couple of years that I had tremendous amounts of fear going into, but I used it to propel me instead of disable me. I'm guessing you're still writing things down. Shit, I just wrote down what you said. I think that's a, that's kind of a good way to wrap up this episode, as long as it's been. I think it was a really good one. <laughs> yeah, as uh, it's as a it long. May have started out to be. I think it was a really good one. Yeah, and, and I uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I think we actually accomplished a few things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've left the viewers with a few things to think about and hopefully <laughs> help and inspire them. Um, yep. And uh, so, success is not measured by the content and the quality and the quantity that you put out, but it's also measured by, um, I'm just going to say it, your mental health. Yeah. Very, very much so. So to our loyal listeners, um, we appreciate you being here this long. <laughs> to our new listeners, if you've gotten to this point, thank you. And Mike is providing the, the Amazon gift cards for those that lasted this long. The links, they're in my video descriptions <laughs> on YouTube. So go <laughs> check those out. <laughs> um, but for those of you who you know found something helpful out of this or found some type of inspiration, Share the shit out of the link. Spread it around as much as possible, please. That's the only way we benefit, and it's the way all of you benefit, having found some guidance from this. So, you know, you help us, we help you. It, it's a two-way street. I found guidance. I wrote so many notes down, it's not even funny. See, there you go. Us, us and this having a podcast. podcast. <laughs> this is our podcast, and we found help for ourselves and each other, so... Go uh, spread it around and help other people. Hell yeah. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you in our next episode. I uh, don't know when it'll be yet, but very soon. So thanks for listening. Oh, wait. I have to put my late uh, birthday motto in. Go for it. If anyone has ever seen New Girl, you know the Schmitty 29th. All right. So I am now 29th. <laughs> yep natalie turned 29 uh, a few days before i turned 24 so happy birthday to both of us you're such a baby anyway <laughs> <laughs> so just kidding. Yeah. all right peace all right guys thanks for listening later